me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream, you did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome to DC On Screen, episode 496. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. We are back from a, I guess, a week hiatus. We've been gone for two weeks. Though people are t- messaging me on Twitter talking about, like, oh, we just caught up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should give them a chance more often. Yeah. Now Catch we know up. why our numbers are always weird. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. People make so, analytics difficult. They do. But it's okay. They can, they can listen whenever they feel like it, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. It's not going to hurt my feelings. No. I'm... uh Rather behind on on several podcasts at the moment. So many myself, sure. So uh, let's see. We've been gone for a little bit, so we've got a few a few news bits to catch up on. Uh, two, three or four of them happened like in the last twenty four hours. So. <laughs> yeah, it was very quiet and then very not. <laughs> yep. And it's funny looking at like my my open tab page because it was just like a huge chunk like of stuff that just happened that was just like, Oh man, that's all actual news. And then like an even bigger chunk of stuff. Like it's like arrow season five is, is filming mm-hmm. or arrow season seven is filming, whatever it was. Yeah. It's flash season five. And uh, like, you know, they, the, they made individual stories about all each one of these. So up front. So I won't have to say it later. All the freaking shows are filming now. Everybody's in Vancouver. It's all happening. <laughs> but, um, Unfortunately, there's a couple of really s- shitty stories that have to be talked about up front, I feel like. Uh, so, twenty on the 29th of June, they found uh, artist and writer Steve Ditko, co-creator famously of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. They found him dead in his Manhattan studio. Uh, they think he died two days prior. He was 90 years old. Uh, did you happen to see this on Twitter where... Marvel said, you know, R.I.P. Steve or whatever, and and everyone's freaking out thinking that they're talking about Steve Rogers, the fictional character. Oh, God, no. Oh, it was a whole thing. And it was disgusting. Like, guys, it's a fictional character. This is a real person. A real person. Yeah. That's the amount of research the average person does, though. (sighs) So, yeah, Steve Ditko. (laughs) See the thing. 
understand half the thing, connect it to the first thing your brain connects it to, and then emote. That, that's and like there the were people tweeting like now sometimes. Oh, thank God they were talking about Steve Ditko. And I thought they were talking about Rogers. I'm like, dude, come on. And he gave you so much. Show some respect. Yeah, you want to know what he gave you? He co-created Spider-Man, Green Goblin, Uncle Ben, Aunt May. Sandman, Vulture, Dr. Octopus, J. Jonah Jameson, Gwen Stacy, Norman and Harry Osborn, Mysterio, Electro, Craven the Hunter, Betty Brandt, Dr. Strange, Dormammu, Cleo, Wong, Nightmare, The Ancient One, Carl Mordo, <laughs> Glenn Talbot, Samuel Stearns, The Leader, and on the DC side, The Question, Captain Adam, Hawk, Dove, The Mad Men, Terror, The Prince Gavin, Starman, Nightshade, The Creeper. Dude was a legend. Yeah, that's a solid list. Anyway. But hey, 90 and he put all that in the world. It's a damn good run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, the other big loss was uh, was Harlan Ellison, who died at 84. This guy was so popular in the 70s and such an icon to the people who were running DC at the time. Uh, you know, uh, people like uh, Marv Wolfman and uh, Lynn Wein and Englehart and, you know, uh, all those cast. Danny O'Neill, Archie Goodwin. They actually put him in. Uh, <laughs> they put him in Justice uh, Justice League of America '89 mm-hmm. from 1971. They wrote a a sort of a parody character named Harlequin Ellis, <laughs> a successful LA writer who tries to date Black Canary. Yeah, uh, Harlan that. Ellison though, fantastic, uh, fantastic writer. He would he would prefer you not call it science fiction. He would prefer you call it speculative fiction. Strongly um, prefer that. For a long, long time. And then he started doing stuff for Sci-Fi Channel, so I guess he got over it. But mm. Well, they renamed it. Remember, they, they re-spelled it. Maybe that helped. <laughs> it, it, wasn't the, it wasn't yet. Oh, they, they hadn't okay. done it yet. All right. Um, this, he, did do, he did write some uh, DC Comics stories. I don't have all of them listed here. Uh, but uh, Detective Comics 567, the, the Night of Thanks But No Thanks, uh, a fun issue where... Batman goes out on patrol, and every crime that he tries to stop is just seems to, is something that it seems like it isn't like. And he winds up people are like, "Mind your business, Batman." He just winds up going home early and bitching to Alfred about it. Hmm. <laughs> and he wrote like that lost episode of Batman sixty six, the two way crimes of Two Face, that like heavily followed uh, the new crimes of Two Face from Batman sixty eight and uh in 1951 yeah and they they made it uh they made a comic book version of the uh of the story of the unproduced treatment that he wrote he did what myself and many others uh believe is the best episode of star trek city city on the edge of forever and he had so many great short stories sure. repent harlequin said the tiktok man i have no mouth and i must scream glowworm is not really highly regarded glowworm but it's the first one I ever read, so of course that's probably my favorite. Uh, Shatterday, uh, if you're an out, old old school Outer Limits fan, Soldier, Demon with the Glass Hand, both of which James Cameron admitted to ripping off in Terminator, which is why when you look at Terminator now, you'll see there's a uh, there's a certain amount of thanks given to the Harlan, Harlan Ellison estate, right? <laughs> because the man was if man was almost known more for his. Uh, his temperament and his lawsuits than he was for actually writing. But my Lord, if you look into his bibliography, you have no idea how much this dude has done. Yeah. But he was, he was for sure both kinds of crazy, like the, the good kind that put a lot of really awesome stuff in the world. And then the, the, mm-hmm. the kind of bad kind that's just, that was, uh, he, he could be a pain. Oh yeah. But hilariously. So, uh, I, you can find any number of interviews on, on YouTube. This is a dude who would sit in a, in a, shot in a bookstore window 
in the middle, like where you could see him writing, and he would write, he would type out a whole book, and it would be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, extensive See, work on Babylon Five. For sure, they get kind of crazy. The eighties Twilight Zone. Uh, the list goes on and on, man. And like when I read that that dude died, I actually cried. Yeah, you were pretty big on him. He got too young, too. I think. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, dude, like I almost didn't cry. Like, and then I saw Patton Oswalt's tweet about it, and I just broke down. Mm. Like Patton said. Um, Something like, something like uh, what a terrible day Harlan Ellison is dead. Uh, it's just like just the way he, he wrote that tweet just got to me. But yeah, I ugh, that's just it's terrible news. Anyway, moving on from that to more divisive news, probably. <laughs> probably more divisive news at the very least. Uh, <laughs> looks like Walking Phoenix's Joker origin movie is a go at Warner Brothers. Hollywood reporters is saying it is. Joaquin Phoenix recently finalized his deal to play the Joker for Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese. We're looking at a New York shoot in September. Todd Phillips co-wrote the script with Scott Silver, who did The Finest Hours in The Fighter, and Todd Phillips is directing. WB is calling it, quote, an exploration of a man disregarded by society that is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader cautionary tale. There's no release date. It is a $55 million budget. We've we've gotten some divisive uh, responses about this. Like There are definitely... People who are excited to see what they do, like I don't care for Todd Phillips. I, mean, I like to do date, but I'm I don't like divide it in my own mind about it. I don't even right. I, I don't like know how to completely process this yet. He has Todd Phillips has a certain dark kind of humor that might lend itself. To just the, the the combination of Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese being involved in anything is is weird to me. I don't know Scott Silver too much. Like I don't know anything really mm. about him. Like I've seen trailers. That's what I know of Scott Silver, but Todd Phillips and Scorsese doing a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Like, it feels like a no-brainer, especially for a $55 million thing. It's just like, that's the kind of artistic shit I would love to see. Like, <laughs> Especially with that budget. That's yeah possibly the most heartening news in this entire uh, little spill from The Hollywood Reporter was the budget. And the more I've ruminated on it, the, the less I think it makes sense. Um, I feel like it's going to cause some mainstream confusion, especially if they're still doing the Jared Leto Joker movie, especially if they're still doing DCEU movies, which we know they are. Yeah. And um, that's the main thing I'm I'm kind of mad about is mm-hmm. it, you've already got a community that's uh, – you. I mean, I don't care how insulated the WB execs are and the, the – they must know how divided their fan base is. Mm-hmm. There cannot be I, some set of statistics they're looking at. They're, they're like, no, we're fine. We're, we're good. They've got to know that it's it's getting weird out here. And like, we, we still live in a world where like the, you know, the so-called filthy cash is still a little mm-hmm. bit confused by why, by why they recast Christian Bale. You know, like that's the kind of world we live in to, to some extent. Right. And throwing this in there, man, like I, I know like we're going to get it. We understand continuity. We understand some of the things you need to understand to, to digest something like this. Mm-hmm. It just it, it just feels like a misstep in some ways. It feels like a misstep, and I don't look forward to hearing people talking about how Joaquin Phoenix is better than Jared Leto. I don't look forward to that comparison. No. And it's already begun, I, I'm sure. I haven't looked oh, into it, it already, but dear yeah, God. It absolutely already has, yeah. Let the photoshopping so, begin as well. Well, it already has, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, our, our show art for this week, I reached out to Boss Logic, this amazing artist. He did this fantastic... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker when when they announced it mm-hmm. and uh, and he said that uh, we could use it uh, for our show art so I'm gonna I'll me- I'll mess around with it and make it fit the style of our show mm-hmm. and our show art but um 
Boss Logic's always been a cool dude, so he puts out these beautiful pieces. I saw that. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's already divisive enough. Um, it did give me something I wanted though, and uh, like I, yeah. I said, that I wanted this at SDCC. If uh, I I should have I suppose said if not before, but I did say I wanted to know for sure about the Joker movie. Well, you know, like you know now whether I need to care about Joaquin Phoenix or not because I I don't really want to, but I guess now I need to. So okay, let's do it. Well, I like Joaquin Phoenix. I like him as an he actor just a whole lot. Fucks with you so much as a person. Like, well, so does Jared Leto. I mean, so does Heath Ledger. I mean, they're all kind of. I, so does Jack Nicholson. You need that kind of person to play the Joker, <laughs> man. I'm sorry. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but there's something about the way like Leto fucked with people. You know, you heard the onset tales that I kind of understood mm-hmm. what he was like. I understood where he's coming from. Now I'm wondering, like, with Joaquin, like he'll do stuff that I don't completely understand. Like the the whole thing where he pretended to be a rapper for a while. Uh, weird. I never quite got my head around it. Just seemed awkward to me. I mean. I never quite got my head around it, but I did enjoy how much it annoyed David Letterman. Yes, and I, I, I even like the commitment. But at the same time, that sort of what I would almost call like a, like a, like a laser, like psychopathic commitment to something like that. <laughs> like that, it, it almost like I, I like I watched a clip of that and thought like this guy has antisocial personality disorder. I, I feel like I can call it, but I don't know. I, it's fine. I did get what I asked for. I can dig in one way or the other. I was just yeah. tired of being jerked around. So they gave me that. We can go ahead and dig in. And like, yeah, I, I do. I do. I just uh, I feel like it's a misstep. I, I really do. I, but I feel like it's a misstep, but I want to be clear. I am excited about this and I am digging in. I'm hoping for the best. I'm, I'm for sure hoping for the best. And, and, you know, I mean, as more details come about, like casting, all that other stuff, uh, and I get a clearer picture of what they're going for, I'm. I mean, especially like when we get to the point of a trailer, like, then I'll really have an opinion. But mm-hmm. until then, I, I'm. It's not like I, I don't. I, I I want to trust that I'm going to like this because they are going to do something different, and he is certainly a different mm-hmm. choice for it. Yeah. And having those like Phillips and Scorsese attached, I don't even know what the hell that means. But that is a yeah, weird triad, and I'm I'm curious as hell. Just me too. Not sure what WB's thinking exactly. I don't know. I here's what I'm thinking, and I feel like. Warner Brothers has always, has, for years and years and years, has been towing this line that they are a creator, uh, a creator studio. Like they, they, they let the creators do what they want. And very recently, in the last two or three years, they that reputation has really been hurt. And for some reason, they're really super like into that idea. So like now that like they're doing, they've they've done runtime mandates. And reshoots and yeah, bringing out another director and all this shit that sounded like a corporate machine kind of bullshit. Yeah, Suicide Squad got re-edited. Of... Uh, Suicide Squad got re-edited by a, a trailer house. Suddenly, Warner Brothers isn't isn't where the you know the directors the auteur directors want to go to make their films. Yeah. And I think they're trying to uh, they're trying to step back and let that that those wounds heal and show like throw out some good faith and be like, look, this is look, we got Scorsese working on Joker. We got, you know, who knows what's going to happen. There's still Silver dealing with a World War II thing. The, like, we'll, we'll see. We'll, and that's, yeah. And that's interesting too. It's like, they're really trying to get like well-respected mainstream directors to come in and do superhero stuff. It's, I, I think a little bit of like, part of me thinks that it is, them wanting to fix where they where they lay with the critics, like yeah, absolutely, because they cannot get the critics behind them. Like they they did for a second with Wonder Woman, and then that's that's really been it. Well, for all of its you know uh, 
what I feel is incorrect for for all of this. Uh, I mean, most critics consider Zack Snyder no better than Michael Bay. I know, like he's he's all you know substance. I mean, all style and no substance as far as they're concerned. I don't agree with that. And I really, I wish I knew who to attribute this to. It's a it's a tweet that showed up somewhere on our feed, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it was about four ten in the morning when I read this. So I have a habit sometimes of waking up far earlier than I want to and just playing with my phone until I pass out mercifully for a couple more minutes before my alarm goes off. And this is one of those times. So I don't remember who the hell said this. It's definitely not my words. <laughs> I do that too, man. It's okay. <laughs> but or maybe it's not okay. To paraphrase whatever they said, somebody said, um, I suspect that it's like I have a I have a theory that Michael Bay and Zack Snyder uh look like the bullies that used to beat up some of these bloggers in high school. Mm. And I kind of read that and thought that makes as much sense as anything I've ever heard. Cause Michael yeah, Bay does just... kind of look like the, like the cool kid with the swoopy hair and Snyder is kind of, you know, he's pretty, pretty cut really. I mean, um, yeah, he is. He, he looks like he might've been able to take somebody, whatever. Like maybe that, that honestly was like, I put that on the list of plausible, <laughs> like, like maybe really yeah. plausible. They just yeah. hit him the wrong way for some reason. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I'm i not a Michael Bay fan, but I am a Zack Snyder fan, so... By the way, that comment did not help me go back to sleep, because I thought it was hilarious, and I kind of... <laughs> anyway, I think they're trying to, to regain some ground with the critics. I honestly do. And, unfortunately, we do live in a society... I've met too many people who were like, well, I heard Justice League wasn't good, so... I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, like, the worst damn thing ever. It wasn't Batman and Robin. It was, no, you know, I mean, it... You, even if you like, if you hear bad press, that's one thing. If you hear enough mm-hmm. kind of back background noise, bad press, that you just eventually go, eh, I don't feel like investing that. I get it. I, I, yeah. I kind of do get how if you're just a casual passerby and you hear enough bad press in the background, you're like, yeah, I don't think I want to get into that right now. Yeah. I, and if you're not like committed to these uh, properties like we are, you're not going to dig into it and maybe see like, right. hey, is there anything else? But seriously, if you have just a half a second, you, even if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and look at their bullshit fresh score, they have a they have a fan score too. Like they have a an actual person score that usually mm-hmm. usually reflects the film much more closely <laughs> or much closer to like how we would reflect it. Right. By the way, that actually reminds me. Um, as much as I want to see a Zack Snyder cut, I'm not gonna. I don't, no promises, but I don't think I'm gonna talk about that anymore on the show. I'm, like, I'm sick of I'm, okay with being I'm sick. It. It's I'm sick of seeing Jay Oliva talk about it and clarify whether or not he thinks there is one or not. I'm t- I'm sick of talking about Fiona. I'm sick of talking about what Snyder liked on Vera. I don't care. If it happens, I'll be happy to watch it and talk about it on the show. But if it's not, <laughs> and, and short of that, I I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. It's just <laughs> are we good there? No, it's like a black hole news cycle. It just never, it never, it just keeps spinning around and spinning around, and like we're just on the event horizon of Snyder Cut the whole cool. time. But cool. It's st- I again. I will gladly watch it. I like Snyder. I like where he wanted to take these movies, but mm-hmm. I just cannot make it make sense. To, I can't square the idea that this makes sense for Warner Brothers to release it until someone tells me how this is going to actually improve their image and make them money. I can't get behind the idea that it's going to be released. Well, what do you want to bet that there's no way to square in our in our minds right now the addition of a Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie? I mean, who the hell knows what they're doing? Yeah, that one's a little weird, but I feel like I have a chance of making sense of that. I mean, I'm trying. Like, give me a couple of weeks, and maybe I have an insight of some kind. I've had months now with Snyder Cut, and I still can't come up with anything. Right. I mean, if it's mostly done, 
then sure. I, I don't even care if, like, they release, like, um, just a cut that has, uh, you know, unfinished VFX. I don't care. People will care. I just want to see what was happening. People will seriously care, though. I mean, the, but that's the People other thing. Will? is like I Historically, won't. that makes sense. If you release it years later after all this has passed, sure. But when mm-hmm. you release it as, like, what would literally be competing with the current version that you still have out there and you're trying to make money of. I mean, this thing just hit HBO. Yeah. Like Justice League just started, like, trended on Twitter for a day because it was on HBO for uh, all, all of a sudden. That's right. I, it, it's still a property they're trying to make money off of. They can't release mm-hmm. another cut. Plus, they're who knows what they've still got in their like lineup that's going to connect directly to what they're doing now. Like, forget all the theories about there being a Flashpoint and not a Flashpoint and all that crap. Like, forget all the theories about cast recasting Affleck. Assume the universe in DC is just going to continue on its current path. Why would you put out another one that is... Like, it's one thing to say we're going to do basically, like, DC Black or whatever they're calling it in DC Streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, or DC Comics. Like, a, mm-hmm. it's one thing to say we're going to do another universe where everybody gets to play. Elseworld is different. But to, to do, like, another version of a thing that happens in the same universe and then continue making stuff in the one version, like, it, it would... It would almost be like letting your fans vote on which version you got right. And I can't see how they would do it. I mean, it would make more sense if they did it that way, but they're not. I've said this before. I think Snyder's version of Justice League and Joss Whedon's version of Justice League pretty much ended up about the same way. Because, you know, that last big shot of, like, Superman running and, you know, pulling his shirt open... That shit was Snyder. <laughs> that was a Snyder. That was a Snyder shot, man. That face looked just fine. So, yeah. yep. So, uh, I think pretty much. I mean, even the stinger was, you know, punched up a little by Whedon. I think it was basically the same. I think it could be a, you know, choose your own poison situation. Maybe if they did release it. Maybe. And, and also, just, the based cost on of just physically doing it, like maybe you do finish the VFX. Mm-hmm. Maybe that cost you a few hundred grand. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you gonna bet? I mean. You really actually might make that back. You really might. It might not be a, a question of return on uh, ROI here, but I still can't see why putting a competing notion of your catalog in the same catalog would benefit know. you. This is to me way different than releasing like a, a you know the ultimate cut of BBS, like where you get to see you get to see <laughs> like entitlement, man. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it might it might wind up just being a a you know a stupid tax. Stupid tax for Warners to pay because they didn't have, you know, enough faith in the fandom. Like, they should they should be smart enough to know that with these iconic characters, these precious iconic characters, you have to be a little precious with them. You can't just be like, oh, like, hey, let's do something cool and artsy. And then, like, I mean, we, they should have expected blowback because everyone has their preferred version of these characters, the version of these characters that they grew up with. You have to expect it. You should have expected it. This is this is stupid tax. If they do, in fact, foot the bill for the VFX, or if you know whatever Snyder's people foot the bill for the to complete the VFX, you know, or whatever the hell's happening, which would still be absurd. Like you'd have to get rights. There's all kinds of other crap going on there. Who knows? Anyway, but I'm tired of talking about yeah, this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> defeat like the major defeat in your voice just the major <laughs> i just can't i can't figure out how it makes some money and that's clearly what they care about well if somebody knows how it makes them money drop jason a line dc on screen at gmail.com over to aquaman things that are tangible things that we can see that we know are coming some 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 little statues little collectibles aquaman statues came out mm-hmm. now they, they're on uh, on the interwebs mm-hmm. pictures of these things if this is for real 
this this black mana looks deadly, dude. <laughs> they look good. I mean, Aquaman and Miro look ripped straight out of the out of the books. Aquaman is a little more armored. Uh, they're staying faithful to the comic with him, though. He looks like really sleek and armored. He has a big blade coming out of his forearm. He's holding a short sword. Almost, I mean, he looks like he's got like motorcycle foam armor over scuba gear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm down with it. And to me, a lot of times the uh, the action figures look less menacing than the on screen appearance. Mm-hmm. Because it's just hard to translate. So that got me pretty excited about like, man, if he looks, he looks that good here. <laughs> Yeah. Damn, it's going to be a long uh, couple of weeks till I get that trailer. <laughs> so, you know, Sandberg, is, he, this is the director for Shazam. He's always trolling us and messing around with the fans. Uh, so he posted on Instagram saying he visited the Aquaman set and he was sure to take lots of photos. And it's just four pictures of signs that say absolutely no photography allowed. God, he's good. <laughs> All right, so well played, big sir. news, though. Big news, the cinematographer for Shazam on his uh, Instagram account posted the picture, the first official image of Shazam that entertainment weekly put out earlier today and everyone's been sharing it. And he says, uh, look for the Shazam trailer to drop Saturday, July 21st at Comic-Con as well at the DC films panel. Just hell yeah. I hope that's accurate. I mean, I'm going back on my own word here. Mm -hmm. I said, I almost didn't want the trailer and that's still true, but I, I, don't underestimate. Want it. Don't underestimate like an addict and their behavior. Uh huh. Now that it, I, I I've sworn it away, but now uh-huh. I've skipped a meeting and it's near me. Right. And we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course I want it now Weekly, that I know it's real. Entertainment Weekly did put out that first official picture from Shazam, and it's Zachary Levi's Shazam guzzling soda outside of a convenience store with fellow orphan Freddie Freeman, played by Dylan Grazer of uh of it, played Eddie in it. Uh, which, by the way, is totally something I would have done when I was 14. Like, if I got superpowers, the first thing I would have done is grabbed a friend and gone down to the convenience store to get snacks and soda. <laughs> I mean, hell, that's what I do now, honestly. <laughs> but you would have done it looking boss. Right, right. <laughs> they look good. I like the tone of the film from just that, like, I, I just like the tone of that picture, at least. I do, too. It looks, it looks fun. It looks playful. It looks... Pretty great. Playful uh, is de- David, definitely the word that came to mind. Yeah. Like this is going to be a film that does not take itself very seriously, and I'm I'm sure it's going to be really refreshing. And David Sandberg, you know, was talking about the the comic book. Sorry, not the comic book. The character's appearance in the comics and the uh, TV shows and animated shows that have happened. He says I wanted to keep the shorter cape as a throwback to the original because that's something that sets him apart from Superman or Batman. It makes him feel a bit more golden age superhero, which is the vibe I'm going for, which I'm totally down. I know a lot of people were aggravated that he has the the hood from the New Fifty Two. I mean, what what was the alternative? You, you want him to have the big like seventies flare collar? What what do you want? Yeah, I mean, I'm good. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm good with what he has. This, this look, and I do agree with him. Like it, it. There's a lot of people with big, full CGI capes. It's kind of nice. He, and he runs on magic, yeah. man. Just he can. He doesn't need a cape. Just, That's right. Just go with it. Now, here's a big bit. Ron Cephas Jones of Luke Cage was widely reported to be the Wizard Shazam. Turns out there was a big scheduling conflict, so they quietly cast Jaiman Hansu as the Wizard. And if you don't know the name. But follow comic book movies, you may remember him as uh, Korath, the Pursuer, and Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the dude when uh, when Peter Quill says he's Star-Lord, he goes, who? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I've seen this guy for years and years here and there. Uh, he had a guest in on ER. He was in Gladiator. He was Horus in Stargate. Uh, Kazari Bomani in Alias. Papa Midnight in the Keanu Reeves, uh, Constantine. He was the voice of Drago on How to Train Your Dragon. Dude's been in stuff, and he's good. He was Black Panther in a motion comic eight years ago. He's got it. He gets it. I'm not unhappy about this at all. No. Go forth. Now, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, though, was talking... <laughs> It's always funny when he pops up. I don't know why, but he he did reiterate that he's not going to be in Shazam. He was talking to Film Starts, and he says with uh, he gave us a little update on Black Adam. He says with Black Adam, I don't think we're going to start early next year. Early next year, right now, it looks like I'm going to be shooting Jumanji, and then after that, if everything goes well, I'll shoot a movie called Red Notice with Ross and Thurber again, with Gal Gadot and another actor yet to be named. But Black Adam possibly at the end of next year. It's coming along great. The script is coming along great. We're very happy with it. And uh, they asked him about the possibility of cameos. He says, without giving anything away, there might be maybe a cameo of two <laughs> two of some of the other. A cameo or two of some of the other DC superheroes. We'll see. That's been the beauty of Black Adam as we've been developing it, is that we could make a movie that just stood on its own, its own too as well. And that also the beauty... That's also the beauty of those universes coming together, DC. So this sounds like he doesn't really know anything, except he's casually involved in the scripting process. Like he maybe sees it every once in a while and goes, eh, "That sounds pretty good." You you could also <clears throat> like I remember. Do you remember a meeting he had a while back? God, almost a year ago, where he basically went into a room with Jeff Johns and a couple other people and came out and suddenly there was like a Black Adam film on the books. Yes, absolutely, I remember that. I I think about that daily. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do feel like he's got enough presence in the production process that Mm -hmm. one way to interpret this is when he says maybe, maybe, as opposed to think about somebody else who's like, I don't know, it could show up. Like, Mm -hmm. when I I hear that kind of sound by him, I, I, you know, my first thought is like, fuck you, man. I don't even know if you know anything. (laughs) You, you don't, you're not giving me anything. You're just, you're literally just being a tease right now. Like, stop it. But when he says like maybe and emphasizes maybe... Mm-hmm. One way to interpret it is he is actually around for some of these. I mean, he's too busy probably to be in like actual production meetings, but he is probably getting decent information. And he yeah, might know that he's maybe. being considered here and there for like, oh, we might teach you here and there. We might do that. And then I do. I, I just feel like it's in such a state of flux. He can't really say because he doesn't know for real. But that's why I like that he emphasizes maybe, maybe in that. Like mm-hmm. that. I have a little bit of respect for that. You don't. He doesn't know. And he's not trying to keep us yeah. on the hook. He's just saying it, it's being talked about and don't count on it right i love that fair enough that's what you what what gets you off man i don't know what to tell you bless him (laughs) (laughs) even if he did just do a movie that i'll never be able to watch not because i think it's probably not great but i i like that skyscraper movie yeah you realize the horror aspect of that movie is just the idea of heights in general yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my wife got sick just looking at the trailer. Oh, I had I had butterflies, man. I can't oh, I can't watch that movie. Yeah, I won't be there. Over to Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> uh, so you remember the uh, Kristen Wiig photo that they released a couple weeks ago with her in that museum? Yeah. Clay Eunice uh, confirmed that that was the Smithsonian, the National Museum of Natural History. Nice. Fitting. Yep. Now, uh, Margot Robbie told Yahoo that uh, Harley's going to be getting a new costume in Birds of Prey. She can't give details. She says, honestly, it's because the costumes haven't been designed yet. (laughs) But yes, she'll have new looks. There will be new Halloween costumes out there one day. Oh, yeah. I'm glad she mentioned that because I was just thinking like party cities and 
Hot Topics and Spencer's or whatever of these versions still exist around the uh, world must have heard that and thought, oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Also, she hated She also boots. said, uh, yeah, she did. She also stated, though, that there's going to be a diverse cast in the movie to re- uh, as a reflection of real life. She also told Flickering Myth that uh, she actually said January was the start date for Birds of Prey. She described the film as different from the other DC titles featuring Harley Quinn. Not only will it be R-rated, but it'll also be made with a much smaller budget. Hopefully they're just going that way with a small budget. Like, I don't know, man. Put a CW show on the screen. I don't care. Haven't we talked about this before? Like, we... I think at some point we were talking and we kind of came around to the idea of maybe like, let's do a bunch of small budget and then one tentpole, then small budget, then tentpole. Like you and I have been saying that for years and years and years, like <laughs> a bunch of $50 million know, when, films and then $150 million film. Back when the podcast wasn't recorded and took place in, in your kitchen. Ah, yes. <laughs> like for a roughly five 12 hours feet away from where I sit just now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, here's an interesting thing. Batmannews.com tweeted, One, fans fell in love with Harley in a PG-13 movie. Some will be left out now. This is in regards to the R-rated film. Two, Batgirl has the potential to inspire young girls just like Wonder Woman. Why put her in an R-rated movie? Umberto Gonzalez jumps in and says, Well, that is quite easy to answer because Batgirl is not in Birds of Prey. Batmannews.com responds, Wow, really? That's big news if true. Variety said she was. Umberto says, They didn't say that on record. Rather, Justin Kroll tweeted that. Profound difference. Was decided recently, no Batgirl. Attention to detail. I didn't say Barbara Gordon. I said Batgirl. And uh, to, to, at the very least, paraphrase uh, Milton from Office Space, Big grains of salt. Large <laughs> grains of salt. <laughs> I feel like I just listened to two grains of salt argue with each other. <laughs> uh huh. Well, that, that uh, trends back into this next story too. Uh, <laughs> like as you were describing that, I didn't quite know how to react. I'm like, I, which which loony bin is gonna uh, win? I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, Jet Ramey over here on Batman on Film is also saying that uh, now that. He's been told that, quote, they are hi- are starting to hire people to work on the Batman. And if so, that means that, quote, they are moving towards pre-production and filming could start at some point relatively soon. Maybe. What What do you even do with that? Yeah, Who I don't know. Who are you hiring? Caterers? Yeah. Like, this, it matters. So between Who Batman the, If it's a cinematographer, Alberto we have Gonzalez. something here. Yeah, so... BatmanNews.com, Alberto Gonzalez, and uh, Batman on film. Just, who knows, man? Who knows? I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the triumvirate you know. of cross your fingers. Well, hey, at least, at least you know, they're saying, you know, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, you just, there, you were, just gave, there were a lot of qualifiers. Hey, you, but yeah, unlike... You just, uh, you just gave The Rock props for doing the same thing. I know, thing. unlike The Rock... <laughs> I see him every now and then, and then he gives me something and a maybe. And then for the most part, uh-huh. it seems like the rest of the stuff he says is, is just, uh, he doesn't like try to break stories. Every- These guys just try to break stories all the time. It does seem that way, doesn't it? And uh, Imagine that. A frighteningly low amount of those stories that they um, supposedly break. Or- yeah. And we here at DC On Screen just want you guys to know that something may be happening somewhere, sometime, possibly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a show you love put it, we have proximate knowledge of many things. 
All right, you remember that that Lewis guy? Or, sorry, Lewis guy, Lewis Tan guy that was like, "Hey, my dad was on Batman '89, and I just met with DC and blah blah." blah. Yeah, the uh, um, one of the guys that one of the X Force guys. Yeah, he was being interviewed. Yeah, actually, he was, was Shatterstar. Yeah, his his uh, drunken monk guard guy, whatever he was called, in Iron Fist was still like I, I don't remember him for much, but that mm-hmm. was uh, that was one of my highlights of Iron Fist season one was that fight. Yeah, choreography well, was amazing. He was being interviewed, and he says, I know Chris McKay wants a martial artist, right? So that's out there. He's talking about Chris McKay, the director of Nightwing. Mm -hmm. He says, he's following me on Twitter, you know. There's a lot of good juju vibes out there for that. Nothing that I can say that is confirmed. This is a project that he's still developing, and I sat down with DC with some of the executives at DC, and they're big fans. I'm a big fan, obviously. My father came to America because of Batman, and, you know, I definitely want to see that come full circle and give back. I'm not trading in my Marvel roots because they started me, but DC started my dad. So it would be nice to go over there and play around and find the right thing. So we're looking for the right thing. And there were a lot of different talks. And Nightwing was one of those that were mentioned. So we'll see. Everyone flipped out. Then he says, he re- he comes in and tries to clarify. He says, hey, guys, I love all the support. But to clarify what I said in the interview... I met with DC, but not specifically for that project. I love Nightwing, and if the chance came, I would love to show what I would do with the character. Except he did say that Nightwing was one of the ones that was mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing, though. Yeah, he played the drunken monk and, and whatnot, but the more I hear from, about this dude from other podcasts, uh, from online threads, from Twitter, he's kind of a dick. Mm, lovely. And, and a know-it-all douchebag. And well, When they uh, make a Jason also, Todd film, we'll call him. <laughs> right uh but yeah so this guy is like thrown shade at uh at finn jones for for needing a stunt double and then like other people like called him out because even though he claims he didn't he had a stunt double in the in that drunken monk scene on iron fist because he wanted to be he wanted to be iron fist and he keeps like preaching that like oh man it's good it's, it's, it would be great if you could you had the guy the actor who knew how to do all this shit and then like there's it, I don't you can know see how well he actually acts. I don't. I've never seen him carry a scene. I, I, I don't well, know. I, I, you know. For all I know, he would have made a good Iron Fist. I just don't. I've never actually seen him do it. I'm completely ignorant to his actual catalog. Well, the the more I hear about this guy, apparently he just really you know throws a lot of shade and shits on a lot of people. Oh, okay. So cool. he's he's divisive, which is the last thing DC needs. That's true. Now it, it's so. fine for a villain if um if they want to throw him in there, no one no one's going to bother about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might. Who knows? I don't know. I don't either. It, it, he's definitely got the athletic skill. Sure. I just don't Absolutely. know. I, I've, I've never really seen him get to act. I mean, acting I just, like a drunk you know, is, is one thing, and he did it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and acting like kind of an arrogant ass and uh, as Shatterstar, that's really all I've got. I've, that's the only thing I've seen him in that I can recall. Right. But he did those fine. So well, I mean, he knows how to play an ass. He does it on Twitter like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move over to the DC TV news. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, two zero five two five nine six three three one. We do have a voicemail from Jordan Valdez coming up at some point in the show uh, near the end, and because uh, he he's, he's talking some spoilers on uh, on the Batcat situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, little, little little if you don't follow the TV news portion, I don't know. Have a good night. Check out day or whatever it is <laughs> check out our, our page dconscreen.com we've got every episode for free and uh come join our group on facebook come hang out with us 
And, uh, you know, the day, uh, show us your action figures or something. Yeah. I don't know. The day grows nigh, though. We'll, we'll see you after Comic-Con. Absolutely. And uh, on to DC TV news. We've got some DC Universe trailer and uh, trailer news and updates. They put out this trailer like the day after the la- the la- our last episode dropped for DC Universe. Yeah, and it's basically just like this huge trailer for all like just showing all this different amazing you know. And I actively said that, like on that episode, like oh man, I'd love to see the '80s Superboy on DC Universe. There he was. Because there he was. <laughs> there he be. And more things have dropped since uh, we've got a lot of different uh, little bits about what this thing is going to, what this DC Universe streaming service is going to be. It looks like it's going to be like a social media network. You're going to be able to read selected comics, you know. Curated. Uh, curate, hand curated, I think the DO said it was. I love the um, hand curated. <laughs> like somebody started to look something up online and he went no 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 down to the cellar with you we have all of them uh-huh in a, in a temperature controlled environment you go look through them by person damn you right and i don't want to get into actually reading all of the the horse shit they they stay like developing new ways for consumers to blah, blah, blah. yeah you know there's gonna be some speaking oh there, my but, lord uh, oh no i hate that stuff but but spoiler alert for me damn looks good yeah, they, they're, which uh, a few of these things that they're talking about putting in here seem a little dumb. Like? Like the, like the quote, ever-growing DC encyclopedia that users can uh, submit to. And, and that just sounds like the DC Wikipedia, like the DC Wikia that I frequent all the time yeah. for free. Yeah. Um, but now, <laughs> now, that will be hand-curated uh-huh. by people who can afford something 99 a month. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like they're <laughs> they're they're pushing like fan interaction. I mean, I got Twitter for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the most wonderful thing right now. Breaking news. I I got Twitter for that, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and several quote hand curated sites that I said I trust. So I'm going to look at those for uh, you know. Mm. I can I have all of that for free. DC Universe. Hopefully that's not going to be the the. But those are like, kind of like I, the, those are the outliers. I think that's not the bulk of what they're right, trying to offer. Right. I you know I I would be going to DC Universe for the original series for Titans, Swamp Things, Doom Patrol. I would go there. Metropolis, like, if they get around to it. Metropolis, if they get around to it. Man, I wish that they. Oh, Harley like, Quinn animated. I don't want. Yes, absolutely. Which they I don't are getting around. Necessarily want to. Right. just the hand curated comics. Like if they could do something a little more like. Yeah, Mar- like Marvel's, you know, comic service, str- you know, where you Marvel just Ultimate? you pay a, mo- whatever it's called, you pay a monthly fee. I don't, I don't subscribe to it, but <laughs> I just saw a ton of people referring to it and saying, "Why is it this?" I was like, "Man, they, they're teasing you." Like it seems like between that uh-huh. and the Walmart thing, I have to give them this. It almost actually does seem like DC is trying to get people into comic book shops. Oh, dude. Like I picked up one of those hundred page giants. You found one at Walmart. Yeah, they're they're at like the Walmart down the street from us. Seriously? Absolutely. Like I walked in there and I opened the the one hundred page Justice League, and they're like printing it on like the, like the cheap like newspaper. Oh yeah, no, paper, it's gonna be the know? cheap stuff. And I opened it and just like the smell of it, I wasn't expecting it. The smell of it smelled like my childhood, dude. Like it smelled like <laughs> the comic books. The like something about like the smell of like. 
that plus like the smell of like a grocery store, like it brought me back, dude. Like I had tears in my eyes. Oh, that's nice. I like that for you. I do. Like, like I, I had the... no idea that I would have that smell. That, that that's it was like sensory overload for me. Yeah, like to me, you you are the like the perfect market consumer, like the ideal story for what they were trying to do. And by the way, I would yeah. own one of those right now. But Scott of Squad of, of Suicide Squadcast said he couldn't get his hands on anything, and he had traveled all around the area. And for some reason, I assumed he traveled to our area. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I. I, I just went in there. So I honestly and just I looked up and saw it. I don't was busy and I, I just didn't I didn't bother. I kind of I, I took that as like oh okay well that's not gonna happen I guess and and moved on. But yeah, I mm. think you're I I think you're ideally what they were going for. It's like either we're trying to uh, reinvigorate your your love for comics by doing something like what they yeah. just did with you, where you're like you're in Walmart because you have to be there anyway because you need shit, and then you see it and yeah. you go oh man oh I did love all those people, and it's like how much how much yeah. did that cost you? I didn't buy it. Oh, you just smelled it? Did you actually catch yep. the cover price? Um, I think it's four ninety nine. That feels right. I was gonna guess five bucks. Cool. So it's like yeah. a few bucks. You see it and you think, oh man. And then you go in there and 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 look at it. Next thing you know, maybe you, you find yourself wondering about about maybe maybe just checking out where where the character is now. Maybe maybe just maybe just go see. Yeah. But same time, you look at the list of things that they're releasing on the uh, DC streaming, like DC Universe, mm-hmm. and by curated, I think they mean. Uh, like we're we're just picking all the things that would maybe theoretically get you into a, a shop. Yeah, that's that's like while in like the the smell is like I just I, I hadn't even thought about it and like it hit me in a way that I didn't expect because I wasn't even thinking about it. Oh and, man, it's smell. Uh, that's how that that's how that works. Yeah, and uh, I didn't really have it in my budget and didn't I had already spent kind of a lot of money that day. <laughs> so uh, no, her DM was out the door. Yeah, I, but I I don't think I am the the audience. Like I'm I'm not afraid to go into a comic book. No, it's shop. not that. It's the reaction you had. Yeah, that that was. I don't think they were working that in. Like that paper is cheap, and that's what they used to print stuff on because that's, that's what that's where the industry yeah, was. But it's also they, you know, for five bucks. The same thing that happened to a lot of us. Like you, you see something on that little spindle and and think, "Whoo, that looks neat," and you know you. For whatever time period you were born in, it was like ten cents, five cents, twenty two, twenty five cents, two bucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. your mom or dad was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever," and and then you're hooked. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's a good scheme. I think that, that works, but I I think it's is yeah, I think it's fantastic. Like I think uh, there, I think a lot of the uh, the people who own comic book shops are assholes at this point, <laughs> and a lot of the people who go into comic book shops are assholes. And I think there's a high fidelity vibe to a lot of them, sure exclusive as hell and i think is like we're used to it but when i was a kid it almost turned me off like i you know go in there like nine ten years old and they treat me like a piece of shit Mm -hmm. i'm like dude you're killing your customer base like no you go in there as an adult now i know what's on those shelves we could talk if you wanted to right why why are you looking at me like i'm a goddamn parasite Like a poser. You literally go in there with, uh, like, it's, all right, when, let's put it this way. When uh, the DC, like, when the trailer for this came out, my thought was the excited, you know, fuck you, take my money, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But when you go into, like, a comic shop sometimes, you get more of the, like, defeated, like, fuck you, man, take my my money. Like. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of resent how you were treated, but you, you need the thing. Right. 
I don't know, man. I think I think the industry has to change if it's going to survive. Is if it's going to, I think it'll be fine as far as movies and shit are concerned. But as far as like publishing books, like the, they need this. Yeah, they need this. Yeah, those sales still matter, especially for DC publishing. I mean, it really still matters. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, you can sign up for an opportunity for beta access. Uh, that'll be open August 2018, and uh, Beta Access is going to give members the chance to test the new digital experience and provide valuable feedback on the early version of the service before it goes live in the fall. Which I for sure done. Yep. And it's been stated that the, the Titans is going to launch in the fall. That would be fucked up so if it was like I, beta. <laughs> like the pilot's available to, available to beta testers. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it is either, but so, like some part of me would think that was a bad move, and the other part would just laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol are apparently scheduled to uh, come out in 2019, which makes sense yeah. that they would follow Titans. Titans just finished, just finished production, by the way. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be putting out a whole bunch of uh, shows and stuff and in, in remastered in HD. Batman the Animated Series, they're going to put out the first two seasons of that in, uh, in HD. Yeah. And the original Wonder Woman series. Gonna be have a whole bunch of animated movies, like just tons and tons. Like there's like a a block of text in that trailer. It's <laughs> just like listing a shit ton. They're like, this is just scratching the surface, yeah. guys. Like, oh. And if they actually got like a really good catalog of the comics, like eventually I want to see like everything. Well, they also said it would everything be everything they can in there. So oh, I don't like that. I mean, yeah, like it would be fantastic if it was just a giant block and you got to pay for that giant yeah. block or whatever. But they are mm-hmm. going to kind of rotate it. And the like the only uh, the only thing I'm really hoping for with that like I get it everything rotates Netflix is like like you know I, I used to be able to go to Futurama to, or uh, go to Netflix to watch Futurama and I think that's on mm-hmm. Hulu now and and forgot it, like next right. time I go it may be on Amazon Prime I don't know well I guess they have to do that to some degree well you only get this... you get a contract for streaming for X yeah. amount of time I get it this isn't going to be any different it's still a streaming service it's going to have a, a time limit on it. But what I do mm-hmm. hope is there's some consideration of like, let's say you're doing uh, uh, Teen Titans vs. Justice League or something. Let's You're just doing an animated movie. Uh-huh. If you only have that for a month and you tell me up front, we've got this for a month, I'm probably going to go ahead and make sure I schedule some time. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me like we've got Linda Carter's Wonder Woman <laughs> and then you only tell me yeah. you have it for a month, I'm going to be a little pissed when I get you know a season and a half in yeah. and it's gone and I have to wait for the next time it comes around. Some of this older stuff, you got to pace yourself. It's not, it is not binge worthy television. It's not a page turner. Mm. Mm. Flash 90s, I'm looking at you. <laughs> All right, so they're talking about the community uh, aspect of the, uh, of the DC Universe site or service. They're talking about is where members can personalize, the, personalize their profile, share lists, and engage in discussions. I don't see the demand there. I think we got that all over the place. In fact, I need a little less discussion sometimes. Here's one nice thing about it, though. <laughs> if you paid to get into this community, uh-huh. you're probably not a troll. Yeah, it's a firewall. It, it's a, like it's a troll wall, and it's the uh, it's also like the MCU specific troll wall. Uh, you mm-hmm. there's a, a couple of conversations you're probably going to be able to avoid over here that you can't get just in the you know the real not real world. Mm-hmm. At least there will be that. Yeah. Now here's here's one of the big things for me. Aside from the original TV shows, uh, exclusively for DC Universe members, DC Collectibles will offer a wide range of new action figures and collectors' items based on DC's characters and stories. Uh, they will have exclusive access to all new six-inch Justice League animated action figures. Yeah. 
based on the designs from the fan favorite animated series starting in fall 2018. Uh, so yeah, they, they got my money there. Yeah. Wide access, uh, or sorry, wide range of exclusive, uh, access to a wide range of exclusive curated and hard to find DC merchandise from a variety of licensing partners before the rest of the world. (sighs) I saw the justice league, uh, figures and my first thought was Mm -hmm. Dave is screwed. Uh-huh. Like, he's, yeah, uh-huh. that's just an amount of money that he's not going to have now. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. <laughs> sorry, man. Eventually, yeah. I'm sorry. So it is going to be available uh, at launch on iOS, Android, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Android TV, as well as the web and mobile web. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a beast. Yeah. A beast with no price right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so yeah, they pissed if haven't... they pull out like twelve ninety nine a month. Oh, man, come on. Right? Yeah. All right, so uh, they also they put out a little like release about Harley Quinn. They did about the other shows too, but we've already heard those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Harley Quinn follows Harley's adventures after she breaks up with Joker and strikes out on her own in this new adult animated comedy with the help of Poison Ivy and a ragtag crew of DC cast-off. uh, cast-offs. Harley tries to earn a seat at the biggest table in villainy, the Legion of Doom. That sounds fun as hell. Mm-hmm. I'm I am probably more excited now about that show than any other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Brendan Thwaites revealed two new shots of Robin. They look amazing. Yes, people are like pairing it with the uh, Affleck's Batman. That's that's apt. Memes and stuff. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Brendan uh, Brenton Thwaites sent out a, a really fun rap gift because they just wrapped the show. And it's like a little card, and it says, uh, Babies and fire, little guitar, and dealing with creatures from a little too far. Cold wind, long nights, and hundreds of directors. Oh, shite, oh, shite, from darkness comes light. From adversity, opportunity, from a burnt-down set, an additional week. Oh, shite, your blood, sweat, and tears will make this show like a robin, or a raven, or enter bird here. Thanks mm-hmm. to you, the 2018 Toronto crew. And he included a, a little guitar pick that has titans on it. And he says, a dick pick from me to you. <laughs> Not bad, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, hilariously enough, Arrow, <laughs> over on Arrow, Stephen Amell lets us know what we're missing out on. He, uh, you know, the show is moving from uh, 9 to 8 Central Thursday to uh, 8 7 Central Monday night. And he says, I would have appreciated a heads up that Arrow is moving back to 8 p.m. before I reeled off 8,000 squats in anticipation of showing my full bum on television. So I guess we don't, we don't get to see his ass, but if you want to go over to Twitter, you can see some of it. Yeah. He did he did post a nude of him sitting by the pool, and uh, someone, of course, photoshopped it and stuck him on that giant flying dog from NeverEnding Story. Of course. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah. Probably John Barabin. <laughs> I don't think it was him, but at I wish the very it was. least, he was <clears throat> bummed about the news. Boo! Yeah, still right. Hiss, hiss. <laughs> All right, so uh, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Guggenheim lets us know that the first episode of season four is called "The Virgin Gary." Mm. <laughs> it's not news, but it made me laugh. Damn it! <laughs> I don't know where they're going to take that, but okay. I mean, you know who Gary is. Yeah. I think that's enough. Yeah. All right. So, uh, 
<laughs> there is a description of two new characters coming to Black Lightning Season 2. First up is Perenna, described as an open ethnicity role in her 40s or 50s, a telepathic metahuman. She is said to be a therapist who will help Jennifer Pierce understand and come to terms with her powers. And a character named Zlovak, a Caucasian real estate developer in his 30s, said to be teaming up with Tob- Tobias Whale. He is described as being of Eastern European descent and isn't afraid to get violent when it comes to payback. I look forward to season two. Yep. I mean, cool. season one was good. I got nothing, nothing to hold against it. All right. One more thing before we get to the, to some of my favorite news here. Uh, we've got a DC superhero girls, legends of Atlantis release that's coming. Um, they, the synopsis is as such. It seems like an uneventful day at school until the powerful book of legends is suddenly stolen from superhero high in order to uncover the mystery. Wonder woman, Batgirl, Supergirl, Bumblebee, and the rest of the super crew must journey through the depths of the ocean to Atlantis. I like how they're, Bringing forth some 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 of the uh, Aquaman characters here for the yeah. kids to get it pumped for uh, for the movie. Yeah, uh, there the girls encounter Mera and Siren, the ocean dwelling thieves, who prove to be a formidable match. In order to recover the stolen tome and return it to its rightful place, DC superhero girls must band together and use their collective powers to successfully get back to land and back to class. <laughs> 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 and several people will be will be happy to see that it is the the classic DC superhero girls <laughs> designs. It's not the uh, the ones that were recently um, I don't know announced or whatever. I like the so, BTAS with that a little bit. Oh, uh, that's uh, apparently premiering in San Diego this weekend or next mm. weekend. Yep, you get yeah. to stand right. up and watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, HBO's Watchmen. They've added mm. some people, man. Yeah. So here, Aqua Aquaman's Yahya Abdul Mateen II is is going to be a regular, a series regular on Watchmen, mm-hmm. and Sleepy Hollow's Tom Meisen. Like I like both of those dudes. Like I like Tom. Like I, he was not the reason I stopped watching Sleepy Hollow. No, not at all. He was Ichabod, and I I dug that dude. Yeah. I thought if only he could be on a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a thing you might have actually said at some point because we probably watched a season or two of that before we gave up. Uh, we watched most of a season before we were tired of it, and then by the end of the season, we were like, this is awful, and then I think we watched like the first episode of the second season and went, no, uh, we're done. I'm out. Um, I think I'm out. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I could swear I remember you actually saying, like, if this guy was just on a good show. <laughs> I've reached that point in my life where I'm like, oh, man, I don't have much time, you know? Like, yeah. Life is short. <laughs> So if I'm not doing a, a podcast about it, I'll just stop watching a bad show. Right. <laughs> um, so we have some some Comic-Con updates for the schedule. The official Comic-Con uh, international website uh, did say that, that on Wednesday, July 18th, they're going to have a little presentation for uh, Gotham, a little sneak peek. Um, people were upset they didn't see anything about Gotham uh, when they talked about the schedules last week. Yeah, I, I looked at their website, and there's still nothing on Gotham. Yeah, well, it has apparently they're going to have a sneak peek on Wednesday, the Ju- uh, July 18th. Uh, on Thursday, we've got a Jeff Johns Q&A, and he's going to be talking to a DC publisher, Dan DiDio. Quote, all-access, in-depth discussion. Um, probably not about what you want to know about. No. What happened with the movies? No, he's going to be talking about, like, three Jokers and shit, man. <laughs> Which Actually, I do want to know about that too. Sure. <laughs> I do. I was. Th- I just thought about it as soon as I said it. I was like, "Oh no, I want to know about that more." Actually, <laughs> honest to God, there's nothing that cat yeah, can say um, that I'm not going to be super into right now. I like right. It, 
What, what do you want to do? Uh, Doomsday Clock? Sure, let's do that too. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so then we also have DC Meet the Publishers on Thursday, Q&A with Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. On Friday, there's going to be Young Justice. Uh, there are going to be video presentations for Young Justice Outsiders. Uh, and there's going to be a premiere of Death of Superman. It's going to air twice on Friday night. On Saturday, video presentations of Black Lightning, Supergirl, Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash. And there's going to be a Krypton panel. And all of those are you know, just to look forward with some cast and crew. Um, and then for the Warner Brothers Theatrical, 1030 in Hall H., Get you know you get a first look at the studio's highly anticipated feature releases, which I assume is going to be Aquaman and uh, and Shazam with a little uh, Wonder Woman 1984 to uh, to cap it off. I I would imagine. Yeah, Gal Gadot is is rumored to appear at this point. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as many other people, but still, uh, her appearance would probably go over pretty okay. You know? Yeah. Have you seen her, any of her recent uh, Instagram pictures, man? No. She posted one of her herself in the gym, and mm-hmm. my lord, rocking it. Those deltoids, nice. Dim deltoids, though. <laughs> I'm almost sure I remember that muscle. <laughs> yeah. I think that is that that thing that makes your neck look like uh, like a like a squished rectangle. No, no, it's just like the you know like the heart shaped muscle on, on uh, at the top of your arm. Oh, is that that thing? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit looks like a cluster of garlic cloves, man. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, she's looking uh, pretty ripped. It's on a, a list of things that I've never learned the name, learned the name of because I've never had them. <laughs> uh-huh. Then someone's going to write in and go like, Dave didn't know the real... <laughs> that wasn't a deltoid. Oh. Oh. Again. I thought it was. Refer to my previous statement. <laughs> all right. That's all my news. That's all I got. Uh, we got a Jordan Valdez voicemail. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and play that. Shoot. Hey there, Dave and Jason and Nathan. This is Bad Jordan Valdez calling once again. First of all, I've got to respond to Nathan. Dude, There. first of all, when I heard your message, I was like Batman in the Lego Batman movie going no, 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 rolling around the floor. But here, here's the thing, dude. Um, Catwoman has a solo book releasing the same day as Batman number 50 comes out on July 4th. So I... Obviously, she's not going to die if she's got her own solo book releasing the same day. Besides all the reasons that I've explained and I think the wedding is going to go through, there's that. Certainly, she's not going to die. But also, like I said, Tom King, he's shown over the course of this run that he's a huge Batcat shipper just like I am, that he sees him as endgame. He said that the focus of his entire run is the Batcat relationship. So even besides that, there's just the fact that I fully trust that the wedding is going to go through. And as of my recording this, we're five days away, and my excitement level is through the roof for Batman number 50. I'm so, so excited. So um, I, I just can't wait. Um, but uh, speaking to something that Jason said, first of all, yeah, Batman number 49, my goodness, that was phenomenal. I know the line you're referring to that the Joker said that uh, made you think of the Batman who laughs. Um, I definitely don't think they're going that route. I think that was just a really cool nod to that story, but I, I, I don't think that things are going that route. I mean, obviously in the main continuity, I really don't think they could even go that route, but it was a very cool nod. So anyway, I can't wait. My OTP is getting married in five days, and I'm so excited. Batcat forever from the first kiss to the last. I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. All right, Mr. Valdez of the Multiverse Musings podcast. Thank you again for sending us this uh, this voicemail. I kind of wish we had a secondary voicemail to back it up now that you've actually read the issue. Um, I, I, I'm I okay with spoilers. Uh, it's going to take me a while to get to this. 
as uh, I think it was Travis Hines on Twitter said, you know, instead of saying I'm woefully behind on my comics, I should say rayfully behind to poke fun at uh, Ray over on the uh, on the Fans Without Borders podcast. But I am not that bad. Ray hasn't like I don't think Ray has ever read a comic book at this point. Like, <laughs> based, based, <laughs> like the legend I know has he, grown. I know he has. I know he has. But like, if you look at that man's list. Or just hear, you know, Scott and, and Brent talking about it. You would think he'd never read anything. <laughs> You're bordering on thinking he's illiterate at this point. Oh, no. Who I knows? would never think that. Who knows? I would absolutely never. I would, no. I would absolutely never think that Ray was illiterate. He exists on emojis alone. It's a steady no. diet of meme. No. No, absolutely not. Ray is, uh, like every tweet from, every quite, tweet quite from Ray is. Every, yeah, every tweet from Ray is like three paragraphs. And yeah. it's just a shorter version of an article he wrote for his website. Fair enough. The man doesn't have time. The man doesn't have time <laughs> to sit around reading comics all day. He's got thoughts and he's got shit to say. Uh, yeah. So I don't blame him. I get it. They ride him about reading comics like I ride Brent about not watching Firefly. Oh, still a good ride there. Yeah. Keep on it. Absolutely. You're doing good work there. But the Lord's work, I like to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not Jordan, now, man, I'm sorry. We 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 got we got sidetracked here. Yeah, Jordan, dude, look, man, I uh, I don't know what to say. I I know what's happened now. Uh, you know, every we all like poking fun at the Bat Cat shipper. I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I you know, I have faith that something's going to happen. That's all I have faith that something is going to happen. As far as these books are concerned, I don't I don't think Selena's going to die, and if she does, they're they're not going to keep it that way for very long. Because it's a comic book. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that like that was never completely on the table. Yeah, no, that's just you know what Nathan wants. Also, they released. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. I I do get the I do get the chaos there. I mean, uh huh. It's hard not to kind of root for a what the fuck kind of outcome. Like I've 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 been I'm the kind of guy that's always wanted to see a film that they like prepped as a romantic comedy and then and like 3 minutes into the film uh the like the couple's run over by a bus and you just run the credits and everyone's confused. Mhm. Like standing there 6 and a half minutes into a film where now you can see the the the, the crew's cleaning up. Yeah, like that kind of joke would amuse me. But yeah, like this is uh this has it's, it's got way more to offer. Yeah. Okay. It's not necessarily what he wanted. All right. Right. You did say spoilers. Not, I mean, you, you can't not, even say that yet. without it. Yeah. But uh, it's not necessarily what Jordan was going for. Right this second. Not yet anyway. Right. But it did give me this, minimally. Mm-hmm. Batman number 50 gave me uh, like a moment between Bruce and Alfred that actually made me just kind of, like I was struggling to see the next page through some, some, some little bit of sobbing, a little bit of tears. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Yeah. And, you know... I- I kind of saw some of this coming, you know, because Jordan has said like, "Oh, it's issue no." Well, we know it's issue number fifty, mm-hmm. and then Jordan's been saying like, "Oh, he's gonna do like a hundred run issue." Oh, 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 okay, hundred hundred issue run. It'll really happen on issue one hundred if it happens. <laughs> yeah, and there's clearly been some stuff going on like for a while, honestly, for a while. Like there's um, uh, the last panel has just a lot to kind of unpack. Mm-hmm. It is really hard not to just delve into the spoilers, but man, did they? No, like, I, no, no. Yeah, I, I want to ask the question I wanted to ask. Okay, go. Huh? You do want to ask it? No, I'm not going to ask the question. Not going to? Okay. No, it's too spoilery. It's too much. Fair enough. 
<laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, no, it's too sexy. It's too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> like you were going to ask, how much honeymoon sex did they actually have? Like we're talking night to night, have to hydrate, right. like have to call in for Gatorade or? No, 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 no. <laughs> or was it more of a polite, we're a little structured to do this, maybe get it in for a second, not sure who, who got off and go to bed? Like, what? I don't know, I just suddenly saw Chris Kattan doing, uh, I think it was Antonio Banderas on Saturday Night Live going, no, no, too sexy, it's too sexy. I don't know. I'm, I'm, You know, just for funsies, Chris Kattan's in town this weekend. <laughs> I'm so, so sad for this town then. It's not even this town, He's just, this, is, this is a tour. Uh-huh. Like, he, he appeared, and then he disappeared, and the last time I've heard of him was when he disappeared, and then now he's doing, like, three nights at, in, in Birmingham. Right. I'm almost super curious. I'm not at all. If I get super bored one night, might just see how that goes. I don't know, man. Chris Kattan was one of those that uh, always hated Norm. I can't abide that. Mm. I'm not giving him any money. That's a deal breaker for you. Absolutely. That was a deal breaker. All right. Uh, Jordan, though. Uh, man, I'm going to need to follow up from you. Like, I know what happened. I've read uh-huh. that and I've, I've read Catwoman number one. And honestly, seeing the cover for it, you have to know that something's up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to need to hear from you. How you doing? Hanging in there? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? You know, I did see his uh, co-host. Were your hopes fulfilled? Said, his co-host said that he was, he was surprisingly mature about it, that he was taking it in stride. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'll well. tell you from my take. I need to see Batman 51 before I really know how I feel about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because the way they structure it, which, by the way, it was beautifully structured. I, uh, uh, it's kind of a like a, a dual conversation. It's it's uh, like dualistic storytelling, if that's the thing. Uh, where you, you see a side, you see another side the whole time. It's wonderful. And mm. uh, even like page by page, you can look at credits for who drew that page. Because they let a lot of people kind of come in and do their take on something. And it makes sense mm-hmm. for what they're saying at the time because it, it like what they're saying references the, the eras of the bat cat relationship. And uh, it, it kind of reflects it visually. Like it, that part's really nice. Mm-hmm. Not that there's a part that's not really nice. I enjoyed the fuck out of this comic book, man. I mean, it, this was, this was a good issue, but um, yeah, that was a, that was a good choice. Like let some people have some swings at it. And it does kind of feel representative of, you know the 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 time they're talking about and and the bat cat relationship it, it was that was good but they make some choices in here that are uh are strong choices strong choices and that last page man there's a lot to unpack there there's just so much going on it's really just last panel just so much going on indeed i read that last panel i read chunks of all of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at not. I mean, I just spoil myself. I don't care. That's okay. I mean, historically, looking back, you may have saved yourself 50 issues. We don't know. Yeah, maybe. What I do know is but, that it is to some extent a matter of who in the last uh, last panel and just Jesus. God, that's all I. I, I feel like that's all I can even I didn't say. think it was. I didn't think it was Jesus in the last panel. Did we read the same thing? Only metaphorically, apparently. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was all but, right? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, fine, the Holy Spirit. Whatever you want. <laughs> the only man who could take Batman down, God himself. 
<laughs> I swear there are versions where that makes sense. <laughs> okay, we need, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> we are DC on screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com for free. Leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. And uh, I implore you, we've got a, we've got episode 500 coming up in just a few weeks. If you want to leave us, uh, you know, happy tidings or whatever, uh, especially if you have a, a popular web, a popular podcast and you just ha- so ha- happen to listen to our show and uh, you want to give us that kind of uh, <clears throat> power. <laughs> leave us a voicemail it's like, it's like a, an extremely transparent cross promotion suggestion right. you're putting out there absolutely I'm nothing if not transparent <laughs> another word for that is shameless ah uh, yes <laughs> but anyway if you don't that's fine oh, whatever oh no it's, it's hard to apologize for a few people have <sighs> Ever gotten much recognition about being a little bit shameless about the uh, self-promotion? I mean, I'm not apologizing for it. Yeah, you lean in. <laughs> I'm going to sit idly back and judge you and look classy. It's going to be wonderful. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Keep some DC on your damn screens. Taking the easy way out. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.